The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench this Saturday evening and what a massive show we have on the way for you. We're going to bring you the first radio interview with Dermot Usher, the man who may be taking over Cork City FC. Rory O'Hagan has been speaking to him and it is an important one for all Cork City fans. Also on the show tonight, we're going to hear from Podrick Kearns, the Kanturk manager. Uh, unfortunately, Kanturk are out of the Munster Club Intermediate Football Championship after a defeat to Ratmore today. We're also going to hear from Kilmurray manager Cormac Lennon. They're into the Munster Junior Club Football Championship final. They'll face David Clifford's Fossa. Stephanie Roach also joins us. That's all coming up on the Big Red Bench before 7pm. Aidan Leahy here with you on Cork's Red FM on the Big Red Bench. Thanks to everyone for joining in today. And uh, obviously, a lot of Cork City fans are going to be listening in to this this evening as uh, we have that massive interview with Dermot Usher. Rory has been speaking to him to pick his brains and to get a measure of the man, I suppose. The man that's uh, proposing a bid for uh, the club uh, here in, in Cork City. So we're going to get to that a little bit later on. Let's bring you up to date, first of all, with what has been happening in the world of sport. Uh, let's go to rugby first. Joey Carberry's been given the nod to start the dot half for Munster for their Interpro Derby against Connacht this evening. That's underway at 25-8 to eight at Thoman Park. Meanwhile, Leinster have extended their lead at the top of the URC to eight points. They defeated Glasgow at the RDS 40 points to 5 locally in basketball the men's super league a big Cork derby between Emporium Cork basketball and energy wise Neptune and it is Emporium Cork basketball that have won out 97 to 96 a really tight one there in Ballancolic UCC Demons are on the road to Mike Cullen at 7pm in the women's the address UCC Glanmire beat Ulster University 108 to 66 uh, to the World Cup in Qatar and uh, we just had the final whistle in the 4pm kickoff. France are the first team through to the round of 16 at the World Cup. Two goals from Kylian Mbappe helped the defending champions beat Denmark 2-1. Earlier today in that group, Australia reignited their campaign. They won 1-0 against Tunisia. Uh, Poland are top of Group C. They defeated Saudi Arabia 2-0 in the 1pm kickoff. Peter Zielinski and Robert Lewandowski finally getting his uh, first World Cup goal for Poland and it meant a lot to him. You could see it. But that means now that Argentina cannot lose to Mexico this evening. If they lose to Mexico, they are out of the tournament. One of the tournament favourites, the fan favourite. Everybody wanted Argentina to do it, Messi to do it. And they face a must, not must win, but uh, can't lose game against Mexico. That's a huge one underway at 7pm. We'll get back to the World Cup a little bit later on in the show. Before we get to the chat with Dermot Usher, we're just going to bring you up to date with uh, all the goings-on in Gaelic games today. Two big games for Cork teams in the Munster Club uh, Championship. Kansark, unfortunately, are out of the Munster Club Intermediate Football Championship. They were defeated by Rathmore of Kerry and Parky Cueve, 117-26, the final score. Rathmore into the final, where they will face either Tipperary's Ballina or Napiersig Limerick. They play tomorrow. I was in Parky Cueve myself, and uh, Rathmore more really impressive they are All-Ireland contenders you have to say and look a lot of the talk will also be about the fact that Rathmore are depending what way you look at it they're either the 13th best club in Kerry or they're the 9th best club in Kerry 
the Kerry County Championship is a, a complicated structure but uh, Rathmore obviously you know Paul Murphy and Shane Ryan are the two names that are going to jump out of you but a lot of quality around the pitch um, Mark Ryan the captain scored an unbelievable point in the second half 52 minutes gone he ran through on the 65 just chipped it up into his hand on the run and slotted it over after carrying it uh, towards the 21 but uh, yeah some some really good players and showing uh, John Moynihan with 1-1 uh, for Rathmore from corner forward uh, Shane Ryan then the Kerry goalkeeper he was playing corner forward and that man was impossible to mark he got two from play uh, he got two marks and uh, it's just he was a hard man to, to handle he got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six all together uh, so uh, he was uh, certainly hard, uh, hard to contain uh, for Kentork um, by the Kentork uh, backs shall we say Kentork rallied in the second half though Grantis Buck and Skass got a goal and uh, three uh, goal, and, goal and a point from play uh, really good performance from him Aidan Walsh also chipped in with two points in the second half to bring Kentork uh, bring them back into the game and make a bit of a game of it in the in the final quarter at least but I'm afraid it was far too late at that stage Rathmore were well and, tr- and truly out of sight um, we spoke to the Kentork manager Podrick Hearns after the game what can you say Patrick about that uh, very disappointing um we thought we'd done better, we came up well prepared. We had 13 training sessions on since the county final. We met a better team there now, so that's to be fair, they were well above us. But they got, they got a good start and we couldn't come back from it. Yeah, we were yeah. chasing the game and it was nearly gone for half time. That was critical, that start that start, they start to get it. It's kind of start that you needed, really, wasn't it? It was a start that we needed, but we didn't get it and, and we won 3 to no score or something like that. And yeah, it was the start. Yeah. But it doesn't, weren't even just the start, it was. It was they were, they were better footballers and they were well organised they could play football yeah. it, was, it was just a step up to much yeah, yeah I suppose that makes for a bigger argument there's no greater argument about who should be representing Cork in this yeah yeah but that's for another day's argument we won't go through that now yeah, yeah. yeah. are the positives you can take out of it there's loads of positives um, in the second half we didn't lie down we kept at it until the final whistle we kept at it and that's good yes, to, yes. No, we kept going until the very end two goals as well yeah, exactly yeah. to keep it going yeah Two points was a poor return in the first half, but after the after the Rapmore opening goal, he had a chance straight afterwards. Yeah, I, I, I suppose we created four four goal chances in the whole game, like, and if we got them, but if we got it, no good, like, you yeah, know, yeah, you must yeah. take your chances every against a good team. You must take your chance every chance. You must finish. I suppose a real positive uh, spark in, in the second half was Grantis's performance there in the corner. You know, young lad, he got one uh, three in the end, one one from play. It was a really good performance. When yeah, Grantis is a good guy. He's playing a hurling in goals for us as well. He's a very good guy. Um, he's very fast, has pace, and can kick off both legs. And a good future ahead for him. So I suppose as well, Aidan Walsh there. You know, kicked over two scores in the second half, and those guys they they did their best in the second half. They dug in with their experience, and then they tried to to claw a few scores back for you. Yeah, they started to claw a few scores back, and look. They, they, we never said that attitude, and we went to the lead, and we gave it. Look, there's no regrets here. They were a better team, and we could do no more. We, we we just drove on, and we were just came up with a lot of in, in particular, I suppose, Podrick, um, their their forward line, no Shane Ryan inside there, Kerry goalie, uh, won a won an All Ireland, won a Kerry Senior County Championship as well this year. You know, he he gave a really good performance, and he's just he looked like a really tough man to get a hand on. Yeah, sure, mine in the corner was good as well, and Paul Murphy. They're, they're all good players all over the place. They're a good team, and they'll go far. They, they'll win there. And I think they will they're, they're evenly balanced all over, all over the field 
I also spoke with Dennis Moynihan, the Rathmore boss. Joined by Rathmore Senior Football Manager, uh, Dennis uh, Moynihan. Dennis, a handy win, I suppose, really, in the end. Your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I, I think we, 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 we kind of went for the game. We went after that source, which was uh, middle of the field. Uh, last couple of games, you know, we, we kind of played with a sweeper, but today we said we'd go up at our strongest, and then that was middle of the field. And I thought uh, the two Ryan brothers were superb for us there, absolutely. And that was the foothold of the game, really. And obviously, we got a great start. And we're delighted to, to be in the next round of it. Absolutely, yeah. You know, raced into a 1 3 to no score lead, and realistically, everyone in the forwards is playing well. You know, Shane, Shane Ryan in, in corner forward, he's a hard man to mark. Yeah, and it's amazing. He's very talented. He's, he's left and right foot, and he can catch it high, you know. So, um, when you have that talent, and then we've also a very strong panel, and we've fellas that uh, played mine and under 21 also on that panel. So, there's, there's a lot of fighting for places there. So, very happy with. with most things is about today really I suppose then in the second half Ken Turk came back a small bit and maybe just gave you a few reminders that, that you know you were still in the game with about 10, 10 minutes to go yeah I was kind of happy with that aspect uh, just thought we, we could just finish the game better and, and you know I was always laxed a bit and when you have that score up and you get a bit sloppy and then and it was no harm that punishes it just put our boys um, back down to it just you can't take anything for granted in any game and um, hopefully we'll learn from that lapse no doubt I imagine that there's a real sense of wanting to go all the way here and you have the ability certainly oh there's no question about the ability but uh, it's like uh, everyone would say so we just take it each game now I think we're the Limerick and Clare champions or temporary champions next week so We'll, we'll study in them after after tonight and um, just try to get to the next round again. Dennis, thanks a million. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Yeah, commiserations to um, Cantork after that defeat to Ratmore and Parky Cueve today. Kilmory are into the final of the Munster Junior Club Football Championship. They've got the better of Thurlis Sarsfields, 2-11 to 12 points in Temple Tui. David's Clifford uh, David Clifford's Fossa of Kerry away at the Cork side in the final after they beat Limerick's Castle Mahan on the other side of the draw I've never in my life seen Munster GA uh, tweet out uh, a notice to say if you don't have a ticket don't show up to the game uh, in Castle Mahan which is what happened the 1500 ticket allocation sold out of course not only had you David Clifford and Paddy Clifford f- playing for Fossa you also had Shamie Flanagan playing at Castle Mahan so there was a huge uh, huge draw to that game but yeah it sold out which is quite incredible uh, I caught up with uh, uh, Kilmory boss though Cormac Lenhin after their win I'm joined on the line by Kilmory manager Cormac Lenhin Cormac you're into the Munster final a, a 2-11 to 12 point victory over Thurlis Sarsfields you must be over the moon yeah it's brilliant delighted and um, it was a real tough game today and um, weather conditions were tough to the right dog fight and um, yeah we got over the line we got there we <clears throat> we played well and we worked very hard and they made us work for every minute of the game. Thurlis Arsfields had a fine team. They were very well organised. They were very well drilled. They brought a lot of physicality to the game. And we get to match all that. And thankfully, it was fantastic for everybody in Kilmurray. We got over the line with delight. Absolutely, yeah. And like, like you said, tough conditions. 2-11, that's not bad scoring. No, not bad scoring. We, um, <clears throat> we got two goals in the first half. And playing against the wind. And they kept us well in the game. They were vital. And... Um, in the second half, we kicked down, we kicked some good points, and they kept coming at us. They gave us, they gave as much as we expected they would give Thurlis Starfield, and um, <clears throat> the scoring of two eleven against with in those windy conditions, yeah, it wasn't bad. And plenty, plenty of improvement to make, like plenty of mistakes, but 
look, semi-finals, they're there to be won, and if we won, we won this one today, and look, we look forward to the next game now. Absolutely, yeah. Like, and you're going into the unknown a small bit as well with these semi-finals coming up against a, a tough opposition in Tardis Sarsfields from Tipperary as well. Yeah, they were. Again, we we saw their game against the Scanner. <clears throat> we knew how what kind of an opposition they would be, and they brought all that. They brought like they're, I suppose they're a senior hurling club. They had that senior mentality. You could see it in their team. Um, they worked very hard for each other, and they were unknown as a football team, but. Their manager, Peter Creedon, is an excellent manager. They were very well drilled in the head. They had a lot of very, very good footballers who could play the game at ease. So we had to work really hard to get to get over the line. And look, as I said again, we got there and we're absolutely thrilled. Absolutely. You go into a Munster Junior Club football final now against Fossa of Kerry. And uh, I think there's some fella called David Clifford that plays corner forward for them. Absolutely, sure. He's... <clears throat> he's the, the Rolls Royce man in the country and um, and deservedly so and um, it's it's going to be a massive challenge to <clears throat> to play against him against Fossa they're obviously a fine team they've got to the Munster final we're <clears throat> the Cork representatives we're very proud to represent Cork we'll we'll do our very best we'll give our, our best um, in the final and I suppose at, at that stage there'll be a lot of work to do to try and hold David Clifford and his brother party and I'm sure Foster probably all the other fantastic players they have as well. We've got to work on all of them and look, we'll find out a bit more about them. Please God, between now and the final and we'll set out our stall to see about how we can manage to <clears throat> stay in the game with them as best we can. Absolutely. Just, I suppose, finally for the parish to be in a final and like you said, it's a, it's a pure glamour tie as well to have uh, guys of David and Paddy Clifford's ilk uh, coming up against you. Like, it's, it's, it's been a great journey all season. Like, there must be so much excitement now building uh, between your supporters. Yeah, absolutely. There was, we had a fantastic turnout today from Kilmurray all the way up to North Tipperary. <clears throat> they travelled in fantastic numbers and we saw that, like, during the game, at half-time, after the game, and we got massive support <clears throat> from people who are really enjoying the journey. So the players are enjoying the journey. Everybody in Kilmore is enjoying it. And um, it's kind of looked, sometimes you get to the stage where it's now deserved. People in Kilmore have deserved to enjoy this. And a lot of work has gone into by an awful lot of people in Kilmore over the years. As from underage <clears throat> to our club officials to everybody, they've done so much work. Trojan work, fierce support from the parish, from the club officials from everybody towards the team and look it's great to give a bit back and they have another day out ahead now in a few weeks so we look forward to it Aidan Absolutely long may continue Cormac congratulations and uh, thanks for joining us on the bigger bench Thanks take care Aidan Bye yeah, congrats to Kilmory and I'm um, sure we'll speak to Cormac and uh, the folks ahead of their final against Fossa. Okay, let's jump now into this huge interview with Dermot Usher. As we know, the Dublin businessman is hoping to complete the purchase of uh, Cork City from Forest. However, members have to vote on the proposal at a special general meeting next weekend. Speaking to Rory O'Hagan in his first radio interview, Usher says he's well aware an investment has to be made to have the Rebel Army competing in the Premier Division. Okay, we are joined on the line now by Dermot Usher, who is looking to purchase Cork City FC. That goes to a vote on December 4th. Uh, Dermot, uh, thanks very much for joining us on the Big Red Bench today. Great to have you. Great to be on board. Thank you. Thanks very much indeed. Um, Dermot, the big question on everyone's lips is why? Why do you want to take over Cork City Football Club? 
I think for myself, I, I've had a passion for League of Ireland football for, for years at this stage. Um, and that came from came about from my probably relationship that I have with my two boys. Um, it was something that we've, that we've done together for the last probably 14 odd years. Um, I have been quite lucky in, in, in business and done okay for myself. Um, and in the last number of years, I got, well, a number of years ago, I got involved in sponsorship with Bray Wanderers. And I suppose I found a, a probably a, the, the passion probably for League of Ireland increased I felt involved um, it, it was it was just very 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 enjoyable I found but I also realised I also look, looked at it and said well maybe this could be done hopefully a little bit better um, and over the course of the last number of years I've I've, I've looked, I've spoken to people. I initially went and just had different conversations with people um, who were involved in League of Ireland and said, just just talk to me, talk to me about League of Ireland, talk to me about clubs, running a club, what works, what doesn't work. Um, I think what I probably bring to the table is not on the football side. I think mm-hmm. the football people will, will run the football side. I suppose it's probably on the, the more the, the, the business end of it um, and the economics of, of the football itself. Um, and I suppose for Cork, Cork is the only club, and I've looked, I've... When I say I've looked, I've had conversations, which for me would probably be a normal thing that I'm doing in business. Um, and I've had those conversations with a number of different clubs just to sit down and have a coffee and where he's at and just talk to me. And, you know, people are obviously looking for various investments. Uh, there's, there's, you know, there's even there's a number of clubs at the moment currently looking for, for investment. And, you know, other clubs that I looked at, I was interested in maybe going in um, as a as a... With, with a number of investors, okay, you know, having four or five people going in and, and sharing the load uh, from a risk point of view. Cork is the only club I have looked at where I've said, I'll do this on my own because the numbers for me certainly stack up. I think as regards, uh, you know, the, the, without being dis- disrespecting Cove Ramblers, the one club, one county, um, uh on the, on the marketing side definitely works I think the customer the, when I said the customer the fan base is absolutely there that's been proven by the success for, in the League of Ireland this year like Cork have had you know the third biggest attendance uh, in League of Ireland this year and playing in the first division which that that, that actually just screams out mm-hmm. that Cork people you know Cork City fans are looking to support the team Cork even you know last week a couple of weeks ago with the Munster match against South Africa you know you could see the attendance is an absolute sellout on a, on, a, on a horrible Thursday night. So there's no, there's no question for me that you know the Cork City fans want to support the club. I'd like to try and get in and support the club as well. Um, and I think from a marketing point of view, it's very it's very clear in my head the direction the club needs to go in. It's clear from a marketing point of view um, what's what's required. It's um, you, you know just just a huge fan base there as well. And you know League of Ireland clubs probably require two or three different financial pieces to work for the club to work and you know the two major ones are you know the attendance numbers is a massive one uh, and then the commercial revenue is a massive one and those two numbers both add up for Cork City and I feel I can come in on the commercial side and maybe help drive that and support the existing uh, people in place Paul DC Aina Buckley you know to support them and and just look at things and I think coming at it from a, an outside in, in inward look I think it's probably a good place for Cork, you know, Cork City uh, at the moment, just to have a different viewpoint on maybe how things have been. Can you outline the timeline of how we've gotten to this point, Dermot, and um, did you contact Forrest? Did Forrest contact you and when did that initial approach happen? 
Yeah, I, I was, I, I was, I was. An approach was made to me. Um, I was asked by somebody, uh, would would I be interested? And I immediately said yes. And we started having a conversation. We had a couple of conversations, and you know, for me both after I started to meet Aina Buckley in particular, um, you know, and the, you know, Dave Alton, um, Declan, you know, the, the people who are on the board, I, I've just, I've bought in. I've bought in already emotionally to the project. You know what I mean? I, I really want this project to happen. Do you have any connections with Cork actually, Dermot? Uh, I actually got married in Cork. Um, unfortunately, the marriage didn't work out, but I did, but I we still separated. But but uh, I did get married. I got married in Shanagarry, and uh, reception was in the Garryville Hotel. Yes. Mm. Um, another big question the Cork City fans have, I suppose, Dermot, is the level of investment you're willing to put into the club in year one, and I suppose going forward after that. Yeah, the level of of investment. Um, I suppose I, I've. I've worked a, a hybrid financial uh, model based on, I, you know, based on my own knowledge of what is required from a player budget point of view. Um, I've spoken to Colin Healy. I asked Colin, I says, what budget do you think you can need, you need to compete at the, the higher end of the table? He gave me a number and my number back to him was probably 10 or 15% more than that. So I think Colin's happy with that. Um, there will be a director of football coming in. I've I've, I've gotten advice and I know pretty much what, what level of budget other clubs are playing at. And I feel that the budget straight away uh, will allow us to compete in the in the the, the, the top tier of the t- of the table, I hope. Um, I, don't, I can't see us winning the league or, or finish the second this year, but I, I hope to be able to compete towards towards the higher end of the, t- of the table. Um, from a funding point of view, as you know, I, I suppose... Forrest have got the club to a really good position now, and to be fair, you know the 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 the, the members and the board members that have that have gotten the club to where it is now, as they've done a fantastic job for the last few years. Uh, it's in a net cash net, net asset position, so it's a, it's a very good place for me to be able to come in, and it's a very good place for me to hopefully get the club to the next level and with the level of investment. And the major difference between what I can bring to the table. From what the, you know, the forest members can do is, I can make decisions based on budgets as regards playing budget that forest just cannot make because they can't afford to get into the red again, um, and that's there is an element of we need to put some money up front and spend some money on player budget, uh, hopefully improve some facilities as well if I can work with the MFA on that, um, and if it doesn't all work out. I've done my own stress test as regards what I feel the worst case scenario is and I'm comfortable with the number that I can support that for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm obviously hoping I'm not in this. I, I, I accept I would, I would be writing a check for this and I'm, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. But I'd obviously hope to get to a position that, you know, I'm not writing a check and we can actually go and invest properly back into the club again. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm clear. I'm fairly clear on the numbers. And as long as, you know, I need the support of, of the Cork City fans uh, and the, the business community in, in, in Cork, and I'm hopefully going to put some packages together uh, to be able to approach those people as well and give something back. Do you expect to see a return on your investment, Dermot? Probably not, no. Been straight, no. So you're on, okay. Like, you're okay with the fact that like you probably won't make money in this venture. No, but you know what? Life is not always about making money either. I know that sounds that's not meant to sound glib or arrogant or how you describe it. But you know, I I've done well for myself. I've I've been very fortunate. Um, you know, my own circumstances was I I know what it's like 
to have nothing because I started with nothing um, and I, I was lucky enough to, to build a business up to very successfully um, I've sold it twice I still own part of it in trust for my kids um, so this for me is a, an absolute passion project this is something that I want to do it's something that I know will probably cost me money but I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that because I just love League of Ireland football I love atmosphere um, that's, the, that's, that's, that's the two things that I really get from this yeah, in the press last year, Dermot, you were linked with, I suppose, and takeovers of Dundalk and Bray Wanderers. How far in the process did that go? Uh, Bray Wanderers, you know, that was a conversation. That's all. That's all that that was. I, I know Nyla Driscoll, Timmy. Uh, I know them well. So, um, you know, before I even went ahead of this, I, I, I spoke to Niall and I said, "Tell me, am I mad here?" And he actually told me, "No." He actually, I was expecting him to say, "Don't do this," but he actually did. Um, so I, I know the lads. So that, that was only a conversation. And that would have been an example again of, you know, doing something if it was going to happen within a syndicate, you know, thing. But obviously, Niall and Timmy probably had made up their mind that they were going to get out of that stage. And that was fine. So that, that was only a conversation. Uh, Dundalk, yes, that did go further. I made an offer to Dundalk. Um, that didn't work out. I pulled away. Um, I suppose... I probably wasn't feeling the love a little bit when I was when I was going in, and I don't without criticizing. You know, there, there's some really good people up there, and I know, and I got some nice texts, and I had a conversation with Martin O'Connor the other day, uh, or Martin Connolly the other day. So I got on well with the lads, um, but yeah, it just it just for me, it just it wasn't panning out the way I wanted it to pan out for myself. So I pulled away. Um, when staff hear words like takeover, over they become worried for their jobs what's your, your, your ambitious post to the backroom staff the, the admin staff for the club absolutely no worries whatsoever I think I've had a fantastic relationship so far with Ian Buckley I think the fact, simple fact of the matter is we're going to be adding, adding to the staff numbers not taking away um, you know part of the issue around a lot of League of, League of Ireland is on, on, on it's volunteers volunteers are essential to all clubs and they're, they're the absolute backbone of a club and that's something else that I need really want to keep on board as well because they bring an ethos um, as well as the forest members behind what's good about a club it gives people an opportunity to give back themselves to be involved uh, and that they're all things that I want people and I really need people on board with me and I hope that I in time that I can make them feel respected and thanked and appreciated for what they're going to do but but on the, the staff end of it um, no, there's absolutely no issue there's a 30 day process uh, two pay process to go through uh, because uh, you're, it's changing ownership if you want to call it um, so that'll all be going through it has to go has, that's, that's legal it has to go through that um, I've met a number of the staff um, my experience to date and the background my own background checks as regards staff literally it's even, it's it's wanting me to get involved even more I'll be honest with you they're that good so you know I, the best way to describe you know the, not even the best way to describe it but the, the people that are involved you know if for example I, I rocked up and met Aina and met other members of staff and I just didn't rate them would this be going ahead mm, probably not you know so uh, you know I, I need the I need the um, you know the, the the base of the of the of the club to be run from full-time staff uh, the accounting function uh, you know was probably something that I, that's currently outsourced that's probably something I would look to probably bring in-house um, you know my own 
financial director from Sonus, uh, Darren Tierney has agreed to come on the board and act as a financial director. Uh, so all, all those things. And I suppose one thing for myself is I'd have, I'm always very close to my numbers um, and I'd be very much involved with the club on a day-to-day basis. But the existing staff that are there, particularly the management around Aina, Paul DC, uh, the playing staff, management, everything, you know, these people are perfectly capable of running a football club and I'd be encouraging them to use their own voice and keep doing what they're doing um, and I'm hoping that they can bring me on a journey and educate me. I don't, I'm not, I'm not coming in here saying I know everything. Uh, I certainly don't but I think I can add to what's there um, both financially but also from an experience and from a business experience point of view as well. Can you just touch on it there, Jamie, our excuse me um, what do you see as your day to day role will you be in Bishopstown a couple of days of the week or will it be mostly remotely do you, do you envisage no I certainly see certainly initially at the very start I need to get my get my hands dirty a little bit and just go and see what's going on around the place um, so I certainly see myself you know coming up you know spend a few days in Cork every week um, I think the, be- the best way I would describe my role is if you draw a circle um, and everybody within the employees of Cork City are within that circle I'm outside the circle and my job is to probe to question to you know to query to encourage to bring people along on a journey um, and look at it from an outside view I, I, I've just my own experience, that, that's what I did certainly in uh, in Sonus. Um, my own experience has been, you know, get the right people on board the bus and you can drive the bus anywhere. And that is the key. And I 100% believe there are a number of people down in Cork City already, uh, uh, both as regards Forest Board members, you know, current staff, uh, uh, volunteers, uh, sponsors, there's loads and loads and loads of good people involved in Cork City and we need to try and add to that. What role do you see for Forrest going forward after if the takeover goes ahead, Dermot? Yeah, for me, Forrest has a major role in it. Uh, it's a major support role for me. Um, part of the um, the agreement is that I will have four uh, quarterly meetings with the board of Forest, and then at the end of the year there will be a presentation again to the Forest members a um, bit like what's going to happen at the EGM but maybe not with a vote but there's an information day going to happen and uh, we will try and outline what's happening within the club and what the plans are um, so you know, it's all quite food at the moment, but, you know, I need Forrest on board with me as well. I, I know I'm not pushing anybody to one side. I, I'm trying to put my arms around them and bring them with me uh, on the journey. Cork City are tenants of Turner's Cross, and I suppose there may be limitation of the MFA as to what you can invest in the ground, but would you be hopeful of improving facilities at Turner's Cross? Yeah, and I think that the, the one thing, uh, I suppose, the one, for me taking over the club, I think the one thing what I'll do probably different is I'm going to look at the club from the fans back to the club rather than the club out to the fans. And I think when you do that, and I've done this successfully myself in, in, in with, with Sonus as well, is that you look at things with a different lens. I think you make different decisions um, based on, you know, if you've got a choice between sometimes between an extra budget for something for maybe for players or for player spend or something to improve maybe something for the fans um i think if you look at it from the fans point of view i am a football fan i go to league of ireland matches every week 
up to maybe a couple of times a week and I travel around the country going to matches, okay? So I have my own experience of going to matches. I've been at matches where the toilet facilities are absolutely appalling. Um, I've been at matches where I couldn't get a cup of tea. You know, I've been at matches where the food is horrible. You know, all that. So there's... There's some really, really, really easy wins. So one thing, for example, that I'm looking to do is to have attended toilets. You know, it, it, even forget about even spending money on the toilet facilities, but just have somebody attending the toilets so that there is toilet rolls, that the, the floors are dry, that the toilet seats are clean, you know, that for, for both men and women and kids going to a match, they can hopefully have a relatively comfortable experience. And that's the type of thing that I need to grow. I, I, I'm due to have a call um, uh, with, um, with, the, with the MFA after this. Um, and that's part of the conversation that I want to have. And I think there's opportunity from sponsorship, um, on ground sponsorship, where, you know, I'm not looking for any of that money back. I want to make sure that the money goes into the ground, though. And the money, and money I've been to the ground last week or two weeks ago. Um, so I've seen where, where it's at. I think it's, it's in relatively good condition but i definitely think there are areas for improvement um i know already that the you know the lighting for example for match day is 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 being changed in january that's a great that's great i I understand uh maybe the sound system maybe needs improved so i have a fair idea of some of the initial things some of the easy wins that um are required and you know business business is easy people make it complicated sometimes and this isn't that complicated i don't believe you know once there are resources there to actually go first of all identify what's really really important and try and get those done as quick as we can and um, and then just make sure that the resources are there to go and get them done um and i'm willing certainly to have a conversation conversation with the mfa around that and how how i can support but but it's their ground and they need to support it too then we spoke about the men's team, but obviously there's the women's team and the amputee team there as well. Yeah. Like what's your vision for, for the women's team in particular? Yeah, well, I've had a conversation with Danny Danny Murphy. Uh, really happy with that conversation. Um, Danny took the pressure off me straight away by saying, look, I'm not coming looking for anything straight away. I think he, you know, his, his conversation to me was, look, 23 is sort of boxed off. I've made, I know what I'm doing. Um, and that, that's fantastic. I think what I, what I'm going to try and do with the club is to run it in three different departments. You have obviously the, the first look and the most, this, this won't happen unless the men's first men's team is, is gets over the line uh, that's the driver behind everything but the academy and the, and the women's team and the amputee are obviously as, as equally as important once we get that over and I think what I'm looking to do there is to run them almost as independent uh, cost and profit centres whereby each of them I, you know if, if, if the men's team are doing great you know, the, the money comes down into the academy and the women's team. But what happens if the men's team maybe goes on a little bit of a bad run, maybe one or two bad years? Should that affect the academy or the women's section? Absolutely not. So what I want to do is set up its own business, if you want to call it, and responsible for, you know, creating its own um, maybe advertising for matches, you know, sponsorship, um, and just run run them separately so that whatever happens in the in the first team doesn't, Drip down maybe into 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 the the academy and the and the, the, the lady section, which and that's an area certainly the women in sport is absolutely massive, and I know you know there's been good progress made, and I know certainly with Danny with the right man on board, uh, I was really happy with the conversation we had the other day. And you mentioned the youth academy there as well. Is that an area you're looking for to to invest in as well? 100%. You know, like Liam Kearney is renowned around the country, and I don't say that lightly because that's the feedback I've received. Um, you know. 
I, I believe it's one of the top two uh, academies in the country. That's certainly the feedback I've received. Um, and the, the academy, there's, there's a pathway for players. People talk about pathway, but there's lots of different people get involved for, for, for different players. And obviously, any kid coming in or a teenager that's going to get involved has aspirations of, and the dream of making it to England or whatever. And then as time goes by, they realise, yes, yeah, some of those some of those people, and there's a number of you know players there at the moment, from my understanding, that certainly have a future in, in, in you know, playing abroad, mm. not just in the UK, but obviously going abroad as well. And then some of them will be, uh, have a career in the League of Ireland. And my job, you know, and the, and the club's job is to try and bring those pe- people along. There is a business element of that with any football club where, you know, being able to sell players over to the U- UK or, or into Europe and the add-ons, that's attractive to any club. And so there's a, there's a part business element to that too. Um, and then to make sure that everyone is treated nice and fairly, um, you know, I've I've had my own experience with my own kids at times with football, and it always ha- always hasn't been great. Um, you know, I've had they've had some. You know, eighty percent of the time it's been re- it's been really really good, but sometimes uh, it hasn't been that good. And I think from an ethos point of view, that's some that's something that I would like to. Um, that's something that I would like to, you know, make sure we 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 bring in the club a good ethos amongst everybody. Yeah, just as you just had kids there, my kid ran in trying to get my I phone know. open. Right, it was like a BBC, a BBC moment was going to happen. Right, there, yeah. right on cue, um, Dermot. This obviously has to go to a vote. Nothing is set in stone yet. That vote is happening in two weeks or on Sunday week. Excuse me, uh, a simple majority required by force members for it to pass. What happens if it doesn't? If it doesn't. The, the, the members keep the club it's as simple as that I, I can't do anything about that um, but I do think um, yeah I, it, that's obviously down to the members all, all I can say and all, you know and all, and all I will say on the night is you know I won't be talking with a big slideshow I'll be talking with a microphone to mm-hmm. the people who are in the room they need to see the colour of my eyes they need to understand my own background, where I came from. Uh, they need to believe in me. They need to trust in me. They need to see my enthusiasm, um, and they need to see that I, I, you know, I. If I, if this deal happens, as far as I'm concerned, I'll be the next custodian of the club, um, and that's what that's how I see it. Um, you know that it's important that Cork City as a club must prosper through all this. I want it to prosper. I'm not going into this for it to fail. Um, I want success and success can come in different areas. I want it to be enjoyable. I want it to be enjoyable for me, my own family, um, my, you know, uh, the fans, the forest board that they can look back and say, yeah, we did a good job here. Got, got the ship back on, on sailing again. And uh, we made the right decision with the person that we decided to go with. Um, and I hope genuinely that I'm that person that can do that. There's also an issue as well with the sale in that Grovemore have the call option. Um, what's the issue there? And I suppose, can that be rectified simply enough? Yeah, that's that, that has been dealt with by the board. Fantastic. Um, can you understand, I suppose, that Cork City fans are a little bit sceptical considering they have been through private ownership before, resulted in the club going out of business and force being created and, and the club being built back up from the ashes. Can you understand the scepticism of, I suppose, for want of a better word, an outsider coming in to take over their football club? Yeah, I can I can understand, and you know, everybody is tainted by I suppose by history at times. Um, I suppose the past is the past a little bit, and I'm looking probably trying to look to the future. I've provided I've provided the board with um, financial, you know, they've asked me for, 
you know, means of funds and stuff like that, which they've been provided, uh, which my financial people have provided to them. So I think there's a satisfactory uh, answer has been given there as regards I have the funds to, to measure it. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I understand there, there'll be scepticism, but I do think though that, you know, probably the same that I would use is, is the rate of change. If in business, if the rate of change is faster than you, you're going to be in trouble. And, you know, I think Forest can remain a members club. Um, you know, Cork City can remain a members club, but I think for the ambition and the size of the club, I think it needs more than just that because the way League of Ireland is going with outside investment coming in, uh, it's going to get more competitive. I think this season going ahead, um, I think would be competitive. I think the season after will be unbelievably competitive um, with the likes of Waterford potentially going, coming up as well. Um, There's a lot going to happen. There's a lot going to happen. And I think you need to have the resources. And if you don't have the resources, I think it'll be difficult. It'll be difficult. And I suppose the question is then if success isn't forthcoming as quickly as you'd like, the question I suppose Cork City fans have then, are you in it for the long haul if that doesn't happen? Yeah, like I've, I've sort of committed a time period in my own probably head uh, to this. Not everything goes to plan. I've, I, I've been in business where, you know, we went through a boom, went through a bust, worked its way out of that. Um, and sometimes, you know, making a particular loss, just you know, sometimes you can't judge necessarily success on a pitch in a particular year as being success or failure or lack of success on a pitch as being success Mm -hmm. or failure because there could be lots of good stuff happening behind the scenes and you know there's people involved here there's emotions there's you know getting the right players we're maybe a little bit late coming to the party you know as regards to players and we you know so that that you know, we, we just we've got to work with that for the, for the next coming season. But I do think I've I've already got somebody in the UK, an ex-Irish international player, looking at players for me over there. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of good work going on behind the scenes already. I'm I'm already committed to this project. This will cost me six figures if I don't if this doesn't go ahead. Okay, so that's where I'm at with this project. Okay, so mm-hmm. I'm committed to it. Can you say who that uh, ex-international is? No. <laughs> um, that's the question. Um, finally, Dermot, um, would you be confident in the vote going through? And I suppose to wrap things up nicely in a little bow, why should Cork City fans vote for your takeover on December 4th? I think I, know, I understand the nervousness around here comes somebody along again and all the, and all the rest of it, okay? I think it's been noted in the media and you know on different forums that I have spoken to another and uh, you know I've had conversations with other clubs and all the rest of it. That's allowed me to understand fully the League of Ireland and what works, maybe what doesn't work. Um, I'm coming into this with my eyes open. Um, I'm coming into this with the understanding I'm not going to make any money. I'm going to probably lose some money at this, but I'm coming into it with. A passion for League of Ireland with a willingness to get on board and get my hands dirty um, just this is something that we can work together um, I think the club to get to the next level with a view who knows as regards Europe maybe on the horizon in, in a few years you know that would be my ambition that we can get get the club to that place um, you know 
I'd like to see, I want people, I want if people are coming on to the vote, at the end of the day, when I go home that night, I'm going to have a cup of tea, I'm going to watch TV, and I'm going to brush my teeth and get into bed the same as everybody else, okay? I'm no different. I've come from a, a, an environment growing up where I wouldn't have had much. I've done well for myself. I think on the strategy side and on the business side is what I'm going to bring to the bring to the table. Um, and then there's football people being brought in to run the football club. That's that's the way this is works. Uh, this is going to work. Um, so I've got two ears and one mouth. Two ears means me. I need to listen. Um, and I want to listen to the fans um, who support Cork City um, because at the end of the day, they're the backbone of the club. Simple as that. Um, and I know that. Yes, certainly a lot to digest there from that interview uh, by Rory with Dermot Usher, the man who uh, may be the new owner of Cork City pending that vote next Sunday. And I'm sure Rory's going to have more reaction to that interview tomorrow evening on the Big Red Bench from 6pm here on Cork's Red FM. But if you do want to get in touch, I mightn't get time to get to any messages this evening. But if you do want to get in touch with us, 0868-104-106 on WhatsApp or text to give us your thoughts on that. And also uh, tweet us at Big Red Bench on Twitter. All right, Stephanie Roach is on the way after the break. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench. You're very welcome back to the Big Red Bench here on Cork's Red FM. Aidan Lee here with you until 7 o'clock. Not long to go here on the show. Um, we've just heard from Dermot Usher with Rory on uh, his ideas, I suppose, uh, for the takeover of Cork City FC ahead of the vote next week. If you missed it, you can uh, listen back on redfm.ie the minute I get off here. I'll throw the podcast up. The Big Red Bench podcast will be on all major podcast platforms. Argentina have a crunch group game against Mexico at the World Cup this evening if they lose they're out it's as simple as that South American football journalist Tim Vickery tells Sky, Sport New- Sky Sports News Argentina will be considered favourites even still under Scaloni the former West Ham right back they've played Mexico three times wins 2-0 2-0 4-0 Mexico certainly don't look as threatening as they were four years ago the, the, the wingers don't look quite as threatening You'd always fear Mexico in the World Cup, though. Um, Canada's British boss John Herdman is ignoring criticism from Croatian media ahead of tomorrow's World Cup game. Uh, during a passionate speech to players after losing to Belgium, he used an expletive to explain how they should beat their next opponents. One Croatian newspaper uh, mocked up a picture of a naked Herdman with maple leaf flags covering him up, asking, you have the mouth, but do you have the guts? He was asked about it today by one of their journalists. My wife's coming after you guys. <laughs> No problem. She wishes. She wishes she had that guy. (laughs) One more. I've got a bit more of a belly than that. I've been eating too much. Yeah, uh, certainly uh, probably one of the more light-hearted controversies to come out of this World Cup. Um, some sad news to bring you now. Um, former Scotland Rugby Union international Dottie Ware has died at the age of 52. He was diagnosed with motor neuron disease in 2016. His family say he was an inspirational force of nature, nature as he used his sporting profile to push for better research into his condition. Certainly sad news there in the rugby community. Now, uh, let's 
let's move on to hear from Irish legend Stephanie Roach I spoke to her as part of Virgin Media's Gamers or Athletes campaign David Myler, Stephanie Roach, Tyrone Ryan and Kieran Walsh will compete in a live FIFA battle in a League of Ireland first in Cork City FC's Turner's, Turner's Cross Stadium on the 29th of November 2022 Stephanie is actually um, on the coverage of on RTE at the moment and I spoke to her about this event but also about the World Cup and of course about the Women's World Cup next summer as World Cup fever kicks in, Virgin Media are bringing Ireland's top esports football players and Team Wild athletes Tyrone Ryan and Kieran Walsh to Turner's Cross to play against Irish football legends David Myler and Stephanie Roach in a live FIFA battle that will also be streamed on Twitch at 5pm on the 29th of November. Through this campaign, Virgin Media wanted to recognise the huge talent that gamers in Ireland represent and how they compete internationally every day. At Virgin Media, they understand that just like in every sport, gamers need the right equipment in this case the best broadband alright I'm joined on the line by Irish football legend Stephanie Roach ahead of uh, something different I suppose at Turner's Cross um, an esports event where uh, you're taking on David Myler at a bit of FIFA along with uh, some team wild athletes as well I imagine you're looking forward to it yeah yeah looking forward to it I think um, David to be fair to him is a bit more of a pro than me but uh, yeah hopefully I can hold my own <laughs> yeah that's it David David plays a lot of FIFA do you, do you play a bit yourself or have you, have you been in training almost to, to get in to get in shape for this one uh, yeah I like playing at the odds one now it's, uh, I don't play as often as I probably as some of the lads do. well obviously the two lads who are professionals I definitely don't play as much as they do um, I love kind of playing it in my downtime um, just finding a bit of downtime can be difficult sometimes you know we're, we're playing full time and that as well but yeah no I do love playing it and uh, it's, it's it's an interesting game and it's I'm looking forward to it you have to say I'm looking forward to playing against the lads and maybe they could teach me a thing or two as well Absolutely yeah well I suppose there's not much uh, there's not much time uh, these these past couple of weeks and for the next couple of weeks of the World Cup on back to back games every day uh, your, your two pals Ronaldo and Messi uh, have both played their first games uh, at the World Cup this year contrasting fortunes for both of them uh, what have you made of the tournament so far? Yeah look I think both of them fair didn't really have great games they only both scored penalties didn't they but um Overall, I think it's been more of a story of the underdogs. I think when you look at Saudi Arabia beating Argentina and then obviously Japan beating Germany, they were two real big upsets early on in the competition. But um, yeah, I feel like I haven't really been blown away by anybody just yet. Um, the Brazil game last night, the second half, was quite good to be fair. But um, yeah, other than that, I don't think I've been blown away just yet. I'm waiting for like a really exciting game. <laughs> uh, Japan have kind of almost been the most impressive team. Like that second half was unbelievable against Germany. Yeah, yeah, they were brilliant. And that's what I'm saying. It's been more kind of the underdog story rather than kind of, I think they expect the teams to do well. Probably haven't done, like obviously Brazil are one of the fa- favourites. I think they showed uh, their class and I suppose their, their strength and depth when you look at the bench they had and the players they were able to bring on as well. But yeah, overall, I think I haven't really been blown away by anybody. It's been more teams like Japan and Saudi Arabia really putting in upsets. The discourse around the tournament, I suppose, it's obviously difficult to ignore. Have you found it difficult to talk just about the football? Yeah, look, it is. And I think, I think there's been so much said about Qatar. Um, I think for me personally, them getting the World Cup in the first place was, was ridiculous. I think everybody can agree on that. I think nobody agreed that they should have got it. Um, obviously a lot of the storylines around they have been about human rights the migrant workers um, I suppose their their look on homosexuality and everything like that there's, there's so many stuff so much stuff that, that's wrong about about their beliefs and what they do and obviously I think them getting the tournament was the biggest shock but um, for me obviously all that is being said and it's important to highlight it but for me I just want to focus on watching the World Cup now you know the World Cup is something that for me as a football fan I've looked forward to every four years for my whole life you know this is a different one it's in the middle of a season 
there's been so much controversy around where it's been held but I think let's get back to just enjoying the football and watching the games and, and hopefully seeing a great tournament Absolutely yeah I'm far more excited for, for next summer and, and Australia and uh, it's funny I went back to, to Champagne Football Mark Tighe's book and the chapter strike and 2017 wasn't it when he held that press conference that, that changed everything at the Liberty Hall like it's it's amazing what's happened in those five years and to see where we are now with women's football Yeah it's just amazing to see what a little bit of help can do for, for the women's game you know and I think at the time we really didn't know how people were going to take it we didn't know how people were going to view us standing up and taking that stand together and um, I think that was the biggest thing is that we were together you know we all stuck together and we all knew that it was needed um, and I think a big mention has to go to kind of senior players like uh, Emma Byrne who was kind of coming towards the end of her career and, and she knew the potential that was there along with myself on you Eve, the rest of the girls we all knew the potential that was there with the players but we just needed that little bit of backing and obviously a few years later here we are qualified for a World Cup so thankfully um, the FBI put more effort into helping us and, and a lot more kind of work behind us and, and that's proven obviously very good with us qualifying for the World Cup yeah, like 32 years on from, well, it be 33 years on from Italia 90 come next summer. Like, it has the feeling that it could be another one of those huge cultural events in Irish history, in Irish sporting history anyway. Yeah, well, I really hope it does because, as I said, even just speaking about the World Cup now, which Ireland aren't in, like, everybody loves football, you know, everybody has that football fever, obviously. You mentioned Italia 90, USA 94, all the court tournaments where the men were playing, Stuttgart 88, like, they're the tournaments that stick out on my mind where country just went mad about football and wouldn't it be just great to see everybody do it out with the women's team I've already heard people speaking saying they're going over to it looking to travel to watch the games um, and hopefully yeah, we'll get a big push here and the girls can do well and, and it will be brilliant for, for the whole nation to get behind the team Absolutely yeah you've just come to the end of, of your own season as well in the Women's National League and you're into the off season now um, I suppose uh, back in preparing again for, for another season next year yeah, just enjoying the off-season at the moment, to be honest. Um, myself and Dean got married in June, so we're actually just back from our honeymoon. So we had a couple of weeks off, um, kind of still kind of chilling a little bit. And then maybe next week or the week after, I'll get back into my off-season programme and prepare for pre-season. But yeah, definitely um, enjoying the break because it was a long L season. <laughs> Have you noticed any any difference, I suppose, in, in the in the, national, in the Women's National League this season um, due to the success of the national team? Uh, are you hoping maybe that maybe come next year it might really start to take effect when the World Cup does actually come around obviously across the board this year you could see like Athlone have come in and, and really been competitive finishing second in the league and it's just been a bit more of a, a push um, against the top teams like Shells ourselves and Wexford like obviously we're the teams that have been battling out the last few years but I actually think next year will be even more decisive because I think so many players within the National League should have their eyes set on trying to make the squad you know I think there's so many good players within this league and I think this is the goal now that every player in the league should be trying to get to was to, to try and make the squad for the, for the World Cup and I think you'd see a little bit more competitiveness across the board with players looking to try and make that breakthrough. Absolutely, yeah. Exciting, exciting times ahead and uh, of course as well we're, we're looking forward to uh, the 29th of November 5pm at Turner's Cross uh, yourself and uh, David Myler in that uh, FIFA matchup with the guys from Team Wild. Stephanie, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks a million for joining us on the Big Red Bench. No problem. Thanks very much. Yeah. 
And uh, you can hear from David Myler on tomorrow's show about the event. Also, I spoke to him about the proposed uh, Cork City takeover too. So that's certainly going to be an interesting one uh, to listen into. Uh, always great to hear from Stephanie Roach as well. As I said, she's on the RTE coverage at the moment there as uh, Mexico and Argentina are just about to kick off. We're out of time. You can catch up on redfm.e and all major podcast platforms, the Big Red Bench podcast. Uh, huge one in Thoman Park for Munster, of course, 735 against Connacht and all the reaction of course uh, you can get it all tomorrow uh, with Rory here on the Big Red Bench from 6pm Stevie G is on the way next The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm Cork's Red FM